space. Time. Reality. Everyone has their concepts of these, but um, are they actually true? What if I told you that all those terms, all those concepts, are about as fluid as water? This anthology series contains stories that flow between them like a wandering river, between the mind, the body, and the soul. Boldly influenced by the powers that were, the powers that are, and the powers that will be. This is Dark Charm Presents. Episode 208, Season Finale, Truth and Consequences. Sion Henry Reeves was an accomplished man, and as such, he'd done all his own research all his life. He could blame no one but himself if something had gone wrong, and most of the time it didn't. Almost nothing could elude him for long, if he were to put his mind to it. The identity of Robert Juice Meadows was proving to be the blemish on his perfect record, and it antagonized him. This man didn't exist not in paper form, record, or even with the Order's archives. With a heavy sigh, Henry closed another tome and put his face in his hands, vigorously rubbing his eyes to wake up. He wished he could figure this mystery out. It's as if this man just appeared from nowhere and took power with a violent and bloody grab. Henry didn't have time to chase down all the loose ends or to close off all the dead ends when it came to Meadows. His son was due any day now, and he wanted to be home with his wife and other son. After looking after the affairs that he needed to, that is, a library attendant walked up to Henry. Sion, you have a telephone call from Mrs. Reeves. Thank you. I will take you here in the library. She handed him a cordless phone with an antenna. He hated using most modern technology, but this was a dutiful exception. He put it to his ear. Hello, honey. How are you doing? Anna Reeves, the capo of spells in the region, whined in discomfort. Oh, how do you think I feel, baby? I'm surely about to burst. <sighs> Luckily, Milo is here taking care of me while you're gone. Are the... are the... Uh, oh, uh, don't worry. Uh, Molly's body is taken to Milo's soul very well. We even cut her hair to resemble his. The breasts, on the other hand. I have doctors that can help transform her into... Him. That's not an issue. Other than that, I'm worried about you, darling. It seems that the Grand Dragon has you running all around like a chicken with its head cut off. I do what must be done, darling. There's just something not right about this fellow I'm supposed to be working with. Well, if anyone can figure it out, it's you. Oh, love? Someone else is calling into the library. I will call you tonight. I was hoping you'd be home tonight. I will try, but I can't promise anything. Well, Henry, I will talk to you tonight. Okay. Goodbye. Henry said as he hung up the line. He felt guilty leaving his beloved like that, but Meadows was a problem. A big one. There needed to be something that they could use to calm the raging bull. Some leverage that they could wield to cool the man off, stay his hand from another outburst. Henry walked out of the library at the hall, closed the door behind him, and descended the stairs. Entering the normal hall, 
greeted with warm smiles and waves. He knew the whole thing was a front, but he didn't care. He liked it. It was almost a home away from home. As he walked to the hall, another member came up to him and handed him a small folded piece of paper. Words written in red ink were visible on it. Hi, I'm Reeves. We took a message for you while you were on the phone with your wife. He said with a smile and almost a hint of admiration. Ah, Brother Marcus, thank you. Henry smiled back as he passed the paper in his hand. This was never a good sign. The scion of spells unfolded the paper and read only three words. Call now. Pastale. With a heavy and resigned sigh, Henry handed the phone that he had to the attendant nearby and walked to the other side of the lodge. These phones were rotary and something that he felt close to as he picked up the receiver. He wanted to be away from the talk and music, where the shadows hung heavy, and silence muted the world. Spells had been cast to keep this area away from prying eyes and ears. With the more experience that he'd gained, Henry could tell from the other, despite them all swimming around him like a cloud of ink and water. He dialed the number that he knew by heart and waited for the rings. Only one ring came, then a voice, presuming to be old Bernard, his assistant, telling him to hold. Pastale came on the line. His tone was an anger and it unnerved Henry. Mr. Reeves, I understand you haven't met with Juice. Is that right? Your I never took you to be the rebellious type, Mr. Reeves. So please excuse me if I wonder if you've gone see dire already. Or are you fully disobeying my orders? Henry swallowed the outrage that built in him from a moment and answered. No, Your Eminence. I'm simply doing some research into the man so I know who I'm dealing with. I didn't ask you to do research in this matter, Sion Reeves. I asked you to work with Jules to accomplish things we need done. Was I not clear? You, you were clear, Your Eminence. Very clear. However, I believe it rude to enter another man's home with no gift or knowledge of the household in which I will be a guest in. It was a bluff, but he tried. Old-fashioned to the end, aren't you, Sion Reeves? Have it, Your Eminence. Have it. However, put your worry aside. I'm on my way now. I was instructed by Juice not to arrive before 7 p.m. I am unaware why, though. As always, respect is the name of the game, Sion Reeves. Update me when and if you are able. And, uh, Sion Reeves? Yes, sir? Do not disappoint me again. He unconsciously bowed. Yes, Your Eminence. I won't disappoint you at- He realized that he was talking to air, as Federico Pastali had already hung up the phone. The drive ahead of Reeves was short, ten minutes roughly, but he didn't like the idea of making it. Juice was a mystery. Henry Reeves was not a fan of not knowing. But duty had to be done. Another heavy sigh was let out as the 1975 Cutlass Supreme began its trek to the modern neighborhood in New Orleans that Meadows and his partner Leif called home. The entire place smelled of money and power, as if those who lived here had an abundance of both. It made sense. Meadows was doing and moving situations and things that were almost impossible for him to either know about or to be able to access years ago. The mob, Louisiana politicians, the very fabric of organized crime in the region were in flux. The thought made Henry miserable. He decided to clear his mind with the radio. No music, as the noise they play nowadays does nothing but cause migraines. Driver, please turn on the radio. 
No music, just news. And now breaking news out of New Orleans, Louisiana in the United States, where a five alarm fire is raging out of control. At least 60 people are confirmed dead. The body count continually will be rising as more of the block is in flames. Eyewitnesses say that a sudden and unexplained explosion set the luxury apartments in this block at the corner of Common Street and Roosevelt Way ablaze, killing many instantly and trapping more to perish in the blaze afterwards. So far, only a few bodies have been identified. Several have been alleged to be high-ranking members of a local mafia syndicate. Turn off the radio. Though Sir? We cannot confirm that I said time. turn off the radio. The driver shut off the radio. Common Street and Roosevelt Way. He knew that address. The thoughts went in a circle as he parked, trying to remember the reason why that address was important. The driver pulled up to the home of Juice and Leif. It wasn't until he was out of the car and nearly at the steps of the large house belonging to Meadows that it hit him. The address was an Ordo Vitalis safe house. Henry was brought back to reality by raised voices inside the door. He reached for the doorbell, hoping he wasn't interrupting anything. The door swung open before the scion could touch the doorbell. Leif stood in the doorway wearing a corset-type top and jean shorts that were way too short and accentuated his legs. His short hair was messy this time, still styled, but not like the last time that Reeves had seen Hello, him. Hello, Scion. Come on in. Juice and I were just, uh, discussing some matters dealing with your, uh, people. With a grand gesture, the spelt man invited Henry in. It was obvious the way Leif was dressed made Henry uncomfortable, but neither Leif nor Juice seemed to care. The inside of the home was just as immaculate as the outside. Everything seemed expensive, top dollar, rare, or unexplainable. Hey, hey, come on in, Ernie. <laughs> come on in, have a seat. <laughs> Juice boomed without oh, taking fuck. his eyes off of the giant TV in front of him, a drink in his hand, and his shirt, once again, splattered with blood of some kind. He was chuckling as they were announcing more bodies' identities. Henry? Henry politely declined, but Juice had already walked over and shoved one in his hand. So far, only a few bodies have been identified. Several have been it wasn't a question, Merlin. The tone was threatening, but it was just as alarming when he laughed and clapped him on the shoulder and led him to a fine leather chair where Henry sat uncomfortably. Come on, lighten the fuck up, Henry. It's a celebration. Your job just got a lot fucking easier. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Meadows. What are... Just juice. Remember? Just... Call me Juice. What are we celebrating? The end of an era. Excuse me, Mr. Reeves, but Juice and I have to talk. <laughs> oh, of course. Uh, I'll wait in the next room. That's okay. He can stay. He has his, uh, his part in this as well. <laughs> Leif began to protest, but Juice gently shot him down and ran his large hand uh, down his partner's arm, comforting him. Okay. Leif glanced at Henry and nodded for him to stay turned to Juice, and pointed at the TV. This was way too far, baby. It's it's chaos at this point. Do you even know what's going to happen now? Leif wasn't angry, just demanding answers, and Juice answered coldly. Yeah. Yeah, I do. They were traitors. 
and they deserved it. Writing out the order to fucking Nevro. And everything that's about to happen is going to happen by my design. Those fucks had to go. They had to. No doubt about it. Hmm? Fuck them. Baby, I know that they were trouble. But you didn't have to go this far. The other people in the building weren't angels by any means. But they weren't targets either. Castelia may have been personal, but... <gasps> Leif's face went chalk white, realizing what he had just said. But... Hmm? But what? Deuce looked like a shark closing in on prey. Violence emanated from every cell of his body, and Henry could feel it. Go on. Baby, but th that's, that's not what I meant. I mean, I mean... No, 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 no. No, it's exactly what you meant. The giant man had closed the gap between him and his partner. Henry began to calculate if he had enough time to cast a protection spell and possibly be forced to save Leif. The very moment the thought crossed his mind, Juice looked at him and growled. Move a fucking muscle, Harry Potter, and I'll rip you in half. Henry didn't want to find out if he could, and raised his hand in surrender. He had no doubt somehow that this monster of a man could do it. And with Henry posing no threat, Juice turned back to Leif. Leif was slightly shorter than Henry, who was just under six feet tall. Juice towered over both of them, muscly and intense. Leif looked very small, his voice dripping with terror. Baby, I, I didn't want to go behind your back or anything. I... But you did. You sowed your little manipulations, and you got what you wanted. Revenge for your brother, right? Leif stared at Juice in disbelief, arms falling to his sides in shock. How did you know? Juice wound his hand around Leif's throat. He didn't squeeze, didn't choke just held him as gently as he could. What, you think I didn't know about that? Who you pushed? Who you bribed to get that fuck where he needed to be? Hmm? Panic was starting to well up in Henry. He didn't want to interfere, but there was no way that he couldn't try to save Leif. Patience was the only thing he could exercise right now, so he grit his teeth and waited. Leif's eyes watered with shame and terror as he whispered to his partner, Baby, uh, I'm sorry. What, what are you going to do? world was still for a moment. Henry swore he could feel the earth stop rotating and paused to wait for Juice's answer. Nothing. Juice lifted Leif's chin and kissed him quickly before walking back to the TV. Leif sank to the floor. Henry couldn't tell if it was relief or continued terror, as the other shoe was going to drop. N nothing Juice got up again, walked back over to the slim feminine man, and picked him up and back onto his feet, his massive hands on Leif's slim frame, holding him up at scene. <laughs> of course I knew. And I approved every time that scum fuck moved within the department. I wanted you to get your revenge. You worked so damn hard to get so much done, and I am so, so proud of you. I only facilitated what you couldn't. I love you for your drive, for your brain. The ass and the smile don't hurt either. <laughs> Next time, though, hmm? 
Just give me the benefit of the doubt. Okay? Leith chuckled a bit, and Henry let out a sigh of relief. He believed he actually did need the drink in his hand, and began to sip at it. You were fucking with me again. That's so <laughs> not nice. Juice laughed and hugged his partner close. That's okay. That's okay. Now, do me a favor and give uh, Henry over there what he came for. Leif's eyes peered past his partner's shoulder right at Henry. It was a piercing look, as if Henry wasn't supposed to be here for such a complicated moment. Do I have to? Yes, you do, because I need a shower. <laughs> now, go on, bunny. Leif's face turned crimson with embarrassment, avoiding the gaze of both men as he softly chided Juice. Don't call me bunny in front of others. Once more, Juice laughed be before exiting. A bit later. <laughs> Still red in the face, Leif prepared a drink for himself to calm his own nerves while he wiped away the remaining tears and stifled the last of his emotions. He turned to Reeves coldly. You didn't hear shit, you got me? And you especially didn't hear Bunny, right? I am not one to get into a lover's quarrel, and while I am curious, I am also deaf. Leif walked over to the chair next to the scion and sat down. Good. Henry sipped his drink, battling his want to know about the nickname. <sighs> you want to know about the bunny, don't you? I'd be a liar if I said no. Fine. You ever heard the tale of the rabbit and the wolf? Native American tale, right? Every culture has one. The one I'm particularly referring to is the Norse version, the one I grew up with. Freya and Fenrir, you know how that ends. I'm familiar with Ragnarok, the death of the gods. So he calls you that because... Henry didn't want to think the worst, or really anything. <sighs> Figure it out, Henry. Ah. Right. Anyway, you're here for information on Juice, and to help facilitate a working relationship with the cops. And judging from your smell, you were just in an order library, trying to get as much information as possible. What? How? Let me guess. You didn't find shit on him. Or me. No. No, I didn't. Care to elaborate why? Leif sat up and put on a cheery tone. Yup, judging from our looks, you began to search hmm, 20 to 40 years ago. Correct. But nothing came up because you need to search 250 to 400 years ago. Juice as well as myself weren't born in this um, time era. I don't understand. Is he immortal? Are you immortal? Not in the way you think. Uh, at least I don't think so. A million questions ran through Henry's mind. Where and when was Meadows born? How is he still alive? Does he have supernatural powers? Why does he drink all the time? He tried to articulate at least one. <sighs> I have so many questions. Hold your horses, Inquisitor. I can only answer a few of those. So, I will start by saying that he doesn't know where he was born, only that, uh, 
technology of any kind was almost non-existent, and I already told you about when. You know the whole saying that monsters aren't made... Sorry. That monsters are made, not born? Juice is the exception to that rule. The Crimson Legacy saw him for what he was. A monster. A true monster born. They took him and sent him to the Abyssal Realm. After he committed his first murders. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. His first murders? He wet his lips with the bitter whiskey, which was tasting better each time. Leif's beautiful eyes met him with deadly seriousness. Oh, his mother and his sister, one protecting the other. Both failed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> goodness indeed. So, how did you meet him? I met him because I was one of his handlers. One of his, um, jailers. As the... People basically hammered the tenets of Cain into him and experimented endlessly to see why he was just so unique. He and I uh, sparked a kinship. And then he and I fell in love. I see my baby as the end to so many things. He sees himself as the true arm of chaos in this world. And we both see how the Order has failed. The Order has... Gone soft, magic boy. You can't tell me that in your pursuits you haven't noticed certain things. But I can forgive you as you haven't lived as long as we have. You haven't witnessed the comings and goings of tiny kings and tiny men trying to play God. Philip Minot started the Order of Italis in 1776. There is no way he was that old. Indeed he was. You're being lied to. Constantly. When Philip was assassinated by your... Grand Dragon, he had taken this beautiful promise of an organization and turned it into, well, um, shit. Pastali means well, but we both know that there needs to be a paradigm shift for this order to be truly in the human path of Cain. Then why now? Why do what he's done? Why did he burn those operatives and those people? Leif threw his arm in the air like someone testifying in church. Because the end is nigh! Chaos! Beautiful chaos! That's what Juice is. But even you said he's gone too far. Why are you with him? He seemed to drift into a wondrous daze. Because it all ends. Of all the teachings of Cain, Juice has held dear to only one. Murder is the life. Without measure or purpose, life has no meaning. And murder is the end, giving it meaning. Uh... Thank you. Uh, however, the drinking, his powers, what of them? The slender man took another long sip and finished the drink. The drinking keeps him level, off the radar. It suppresses whatever it is that Juice can do. I don't even know the extent of his power, and that frightens me. But it also, um... Kind of turns me on. As far as I've seen, he has no special power, save for being completely impervious to magic and being nearly bulletproof. It's an amazing sight to see. But I can be entirely wrong. As Leif looked off into the distance, no doubt visiting a memory, Henry did his best to wrap his mind around what he'd just heard. It made his head swim, put many problems into many plans, and made him nervous all at the same time. 
His thoughts were interrupted by Juice returning. Showered, hair still wet, wearing a tank top with an 80s movie on the front, sweatpants, pink bunny slippers, and a new drink in his hand. This time, a bottle of tequila. I do hope Leaf has uh, kept you entertained. Hmm? Henry didn't register the comment, however. He was fixated on the various scars all over Meadow's body. He immediately recognized them as rituals to try and create bondage spells. And worse than that, he recognized the damage left behind after they all failed. Baby, have you been boring Scion Reeves? <laughs> Juice asked as he leaned against a very expensive table littered with expensive trinkets. <laughs> Quite the opposite. He hung on every single word. I think he might need a breather. Henry tore his gaze from Meadows' very muscular body, almost that of a superhero status, and met his intense gaze. Uh, I apologize. Yes, Mr. Leaf has been very informative. Forgive my staring. I'm just very much in shock because... Juice took off his shirt, revealing more scars. What? You like what you see, don't you, Sion Reeves? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. But... Because of this roadmap here, these uh, lines of retribution tell you the honest and the painful fucking truth. You can't control me. The large man chuckled as he walked over and put his hand on Reeves' shoulder. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're in for a hell of a time, son. The consequences of today are going to be a fucking ball. And we've only just begun. <laughs> You've been listening to Dark Charm Presents Episode 208, our season finale, Truth and Consequences by Danny Atwell and Miguel Pedroza. In the cast you heard, Gatekeeper Emeritus, Dan Mac McCloskey, Scion Reeves, done by DJ Jesse Jess, The Library Attendant, Leland Bridges, Anna Reeves, played by Emily McAnulty, Brother Marcus, done by Danny Atwell, Reeves' Driver, done by Ferd Burfel, Grand Dragon Pistale, done by Mac McCloskey, News Lady, Ferd Burfel, Robert Juice Meadows, played by Miguel Pedroza, and Leif, played by Danny Atwell. Sound effects and royalty-free music provided by Zapsplat.com. Dark Charm Media, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Hey, this is Danny Atwell, producer of Dark Charm Presents and CEO of Dark Charm Media. We are proud to announce that season three of Dark Charm Presents will be coming to you soon. Thank you to all the cast for participating and helping make this a success. And thank you, the fans, for listening to these amazing stories. We hope to see you again in 2022.